Welcome to the Christians Matter podcast. I am your host, Jared Fippen, and today's podcast is going to be about transformation and security. There's a controversy among many Christians today on whether or not we can lose our salvation, on whether or not a true born-again believer can lose their salvation. Now, a lot of people today, there's a lot of people who claim to be a Christian, who claim to be saved, who claim to follow Christ, but they they don't. They don't follow Christ, and we could read that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. And I start, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who's, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. These people are at their judgment day after death and they're basically saying to jesus hey jesus didn't i say i was a christian on earth didn't i say that i followed you didn't i go to church didn't i have a bible verse in my instagram bio in my twitter bio i had a bio verse i I had a bible verse in my bio these people they never knew god because they were what did jesus say they were workers of lawlessness they never kept his law they never acknowledged uh, his authority over them, and they never repented of their sins. So there's a lot of, um, so that's, that is one objection that people would have is say, what about people who, you know, they say that they're a Christian, but they don't follow after Christ. Did they lose their salvation? If they are not following after Christ and it's clearly evident, no, they didn't lose their salvation. It's possible that they were never saved to begin with. So let's turn to John chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. By definition, eternal life cannot be temporary. It is the present possession of all those who have truly trusted Christ. If you have eternal life and you lose it, eternal life, two to three years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, it was never eternal to begin with. Moving on to Romans chapter 8, verses 29 to 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So this passage in Romans 8 clearly shows us that there's nothing in the universe that could separate the elect from the love of God. And if we look, if we move on to Jude 24, uh, when it talks about the one who chose to save you, it says he is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy. So that's what we have to recognize is that God is the one who enables us to obey him, or I guess a better word would be empowers us. God is the one who empowers us to obey him. Without God's transforming and forgiving grace upon us, upon his elect, no one would be able to obey God. No one would be able to follow God. It's not us who holds on to Christ for our salvation. It's Christ who holds on to us. Uh, Let me put it in a better way. We are only able to hold on to Christ because 
God empowers us to through the Holy Spirit. We, a, a true a true believer, another point is a true believer will never depart from the faith. Uh, Philippians uh, chapter 1 verse 6 says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So it's God's work in us. God receives all the credit. We receive zero. We receive no credit. We did nothing to earn our salvation. We do nothing to maintain our salvation. And we can do nothing to lose our salvation. Those who are, quote-unquote, leaving uh, the church, were they're just revealing that they never were saved. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 31 says this, so Jesus was saying to the Jews, to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14 says this, For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. A, true, a mark of a true believer is enduring to, until the end. Enduring until the end, staying firm in the faith. And that has nothing to do with us. We don't have the power in ourselves to do that. God empowers us. We don't want to make the mistake of, of thinking that we are somehow contributing to our salvation because salvation is by faith alone. It has nothing to do with any sort of merit on our part. This is what 1 John 2.19 says when it speaks of false teachers who are in the church who are unbelievers. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that it might become plain that they are all not of us. So clearly we see if someone leaves, quote-unquote, leaves the faith, if someone has said, yeah, I know a friend, I have a friend who was a believer for the first 25, 30 years of their life, and then they left the faith, didn't they lose their salvation? Well, no, if they're entirely, uh, if they're a complete apostate and they're denouncing the faith completely, they were never saved to begin with. They'd never had the faith. They are just unmasking what was underneath all along, which was a unrepentant, non-transformed heart. Uh, once we are saved, we are born again. We are spiritually born again. We have a spiritual rebirth. We become a new creation, as Second Corinthians five seventeen says. We are a new creature. Where the old has passed away, the new has come. There is no biblical evidence that you can become unborn again, or that you can have your your rebirth process reversed or something. There is no biblical evidence of that. Once you become born again, you are you are transferred. <clears throat> You are transferred from a state of spiritual death to spiritual life. You are resurrected spiritually. You are uh, made alive spiritually. There is no instance where you are made into a new creation and then you go back to the old. Because the old's already passed away, as, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. And another thing to recognize is that even true Christians can sin and because of their sin, they can lack assurance of salvation. They can't, they're not going to lose uh, security of salvation, but they can lack assurance of salvation. They can lose some assurance of salvation. Uh, whenever David 
committed those heinous sins, he cried out to the Lord and he said, uh, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a, a willing spirit. Notice how David didn't say, Restore to me my salvation. He said, Restore to me the joy of my, of my salvation. So while Christians sin and cannot lose their salvation because of their sin, Christians can lose the benefits of salvation, such as the joy from salvation that we have and the assurance of salvation that we have. We can lose that assurance the more that we sin, and also we can lose rewards as well. The more that we sin, we lose rewards in heaven because of our sin and disobedience towards God. So a failure to grow spiritually can rob us of the confidence that we are God's child. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 9 says, For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. We can lack assurance of salvation, but anyone who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit is secure eternally because he is the, and I quote, deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. This is what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 says. Here's the thing that I find unbiblical on the flip side. I have talked to some Calvinists before who believe that if you, if someone holds to a view that you can lose your salvation, they believe it's a salvation issue, that anyone who believes that is not saved. Now here's what I'll say. Genuine born-again believers can misinterpret passages about eternal security. That is not the basis of their secure, eternal security. And it's ironic that they are secure even if they live with doubts and insecurity. It affects their sanctification. In other words, they can live like emotionally, uh, psychologically insecure lives with anxiety and fear that's not necessary at all. But they can still be secure in their salvation. It's like it's like a child. It's a child thinking that if they misbehave, that their parents will abandon them. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Their disobedience towards God's word may cost them rewards in heaven, but they won't lose their salvation because they believe that they can lose their salvation. Now, on the flip side of that, if you believe that your salvation is maintained by your good works or even earned by your good works, I would say that is a salvation issue because you are um, you are implying that you somehow contribute to your salvation through good works, which Paul completely condemns all throughout Romans in the book of Galatians. He says, if you believe in a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be, you are to be accursed. You are to be led to destruction. And the gospel he was speaking of, which is not a gospel at all, it's, it's a false gospel, is, would be a gospel of works. So if you believe in a false gospel of works, of somehow your works somehow contributes in any way to your salvation, that is a false gospel. Now that's not to say, um, now I want to make it clear for anyone who's listening, I'm not saying at all that faith does not produce works faith absolutely produces works um and if you if you have a genuine saving faith you're going to see works being produced in your life um that is a biblical fact because faith without works is dead that but that does not mean that w- it works contributes to your salvation in any way 
uh, works do not maintain faith, contrary to what the Roman Catholics believe, to what the Church of Christ believes, to what Jehovah Witnesses believe, uh, Mormons believe. And yeah, it's faith alone saves, and then faith produces works. Uh, salvation produces works. This is what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Notice the words, he sealed us and he gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. The Greek word there is a pledge or a guarantee. And the word sealed in that in that uh, in the Greek is talking about like a legal binding contract. It is a we are sealed. We are it's like a seal as in um, God guarantees whenever it says pledge as well, God guarantees the rest to come. And that's salvation. We once we receive the Holy Spirit, we are saved. We are eternally secure and we are sealed and we are guaranteed with a pledge that we will uh, be redeemed um, we for the day of, we are sealed for the day of redemption and you cannot and here's here's another thing that I would like to point out in the in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit operated differently the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would come and leave from both believers and unbelievers it would come and leave from from everyone the Holy Spirit ever since Pentecost in the New Covenant indwells believers permanently and only believers once you are indwelled with the holy spirit you are saved and it is a permanent justification justification is a one-time event where you are declared righteous before god you are not made righteous not while in the flesh of course you are declared righteous you are sanctified and once you pass away from this life to the next life then you are glorified and I like to po- I like to touch up more on how we are declared righteous for any unbelievers listening. Whenever you trust in Christ Jesus, uh, whenever God looks at a believer in Christ, He sees Jesus's perfect life. Jesus Jesus lived a perfect life that you and I could never live. Whenever God looks at His believers, He sees Jesus. Jesus's perfect life is credited to us. It is imputed righteousness. It is transferred to us. So whenever we approach God on Judgment Day, God is going to pass over us because we are given Jesus' atonement on that cross. Jesus took the wrath of God that we deserve. We deserve God's wrath. We have broken God's holy law by lying, cheating, stealing, lusting, blaspheming His name, idolatry. Any of the Ten Commandments, we have broken God's holy law, and we are criminals before God. We deserve God's holy wrath upon us. But Jesus took the wrath of God for us. So if you repent of your sins and trust in Christ Jesus, Jesus will take the wrath that you deserve. It's either There's two conclusions after death. It's either you receive your own wrath that you deserve in hell, or Jesus receives your wrath for you, and you spend eternity with your Creator having a relationship with your father. 
So for believers in Christ, rest assured, you are eternally secure. There is no need to have any paranoia. There is no need to have any fear. And um, that's and please let me emphasize that is not me encouraging or even um, supporting a, a backsliding lifestyle. Uh, you cannot be a Christian and say and just brush off sin and have no repentance and have no uh, just be a worker of lawlessness. Like that's not what uh, that's not what is taught in Scripture at all. If you have faith, you're going to have the fruit of faith. You're going to have repentance. And also another thing I would like to touch up on right before I end this is that is that repentance is granted by God alone. No one can repent and trust in Christ Jesus unless God grants them repentance. It's concurrent with with uh, your spiritual rebirth. Whenever you are born again, you have initial repentance, which you have a new outlook on life, you have a new desire, a new perspective, you have a new will, and that has to do with um, initial repentance and being born again. And that is a gift of God granted to his elect. If you read through Acts chapter 11, verse 18, That'll talk about that. Also, I believe it's in Second uh, Timothy uh, 2.25. You also see it there as well. God grants us repentance that leads to life. That wraps up my podcast for today. Thank you guys for listening, tuning in, and I will see you guys next time.